Mondays and rolls on with Larry Fitzgerald. Fitz, how are you? I'm doing outstanding, Jim. Great weekend, uh, some exciting games, and uh, you know, nothing better than discussing it with you. From the NFL one season to the Harvard Business School, we're so proud of you. You graduated from the University of Phoenix. That was a tremendous honor. When you did that, you fulfilled an obligation to your mother, who you told before she passed away that you would graduate. Now you're in the Harvard Business School. Congratulations. How's it going? That's tough work, Larry. Uh, no, it's been it's been exciting um, here. Uh, you know, you get a chance to meet some wonderful people and go over some uh, tremendous case studies, for example, and be able to discuss discuss it with some of the brightest minds, uh, you know, from from all over the world. So it's been it's been a great uh, few days, and looking forward to a few more days. And uh, you know, it's been it's been a, been a really good time. I don't know if you watched my other alma mater, University of Pittsburgh, won the ACC championship uh, this past weekend. So it's it's been a good it's been a good weekend. Larry, this is a serious question. You're at the Harvard Business School, but how many of those guys do you think could learn an NFL playbook in the same amount of time? From my short time around them, all of them. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, mean, so incredibly intelligent people here that are from all different, um, you know, backgrounds. You have some in media and sports, doctors and lawyers, entertainers. I mean, you gotta you gotta have a wide range of uh, a lot of different talents, and you know, interesting enough, like you know, 25 different countries are represented. So it's a lot of different perspectives and point of views. What does it take to enroll? How does that happen? We, you just apply and, um, you know, their admissions kind of ask you questions, interviews you, you know, to see if you're actually worthy of uh, being a participant. I know there's a lot of applicants that uh, that do apply and, you know, only about 50 people are able to get into the class. Um, you know, so it's a, it's, it's pretty difficult, rigorous process of, of uh, answering a lot of questions and, being interviewed so it's um it's it's not it's not easy but uh it's de definitely worth it if you're able to get in how long is the course how, how long does the business school last it's a four day four day class i'm jim gray along with larry fitzgerald our program is let's go we're brought to you by usaa insurance usaa is dedicated to helping the military community protect what they've worked hard for with insurance that meets their high standards get the coverage you deserve usaa insurance Back to our class. We call that the NFL. How about what happened yesterday at the end of the Ravens game? John Harbaugh elected to go for two points. Uh, he did it to get that win on the road. Would have sealed the division. Elected not to play for overtime. A uh, lot of injuries uh, on the Ravens, particularly their defensive backfield. Uh, so I guess he just figured, or the analytics told him, uh, that this was the best, uh, best alternative to try and win the game right now. Uh, it failed. Uh, Lamar Jackson threw a pass just off the fingertips to uh, Mark Andrews. So, you know, it's a half an inch away from succeeding and, and then taking total control of the division. We see this a lot now, Larry, and we've talked about it during the season. Not always is the game on the line when this is happening. What do you think, first of uh, Harbaugh's decision and well, putting the putting the division back in play? Well, I, I I remember our conversation last week when you were harping on how you know you th you thought it was having too much of a significant role in the in the course of the season and all of these young coaches that have been doing it, and now you know we have a veteran Super Bowl winning 
um, you know, multiple division champion coach and uh, Coach Harbaugh going forward. You know, uh, obviously there are a lot of circumstances that come into play. Um, and in all most likelihood, they're still going to win that division. But to be able to do it on the road against your your most hated rivalry in the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, I really love the guts um, and also his belief in his players that can execute that um, in such a great moment. Um, so, I mean, I, I love the Chisholm. Obviously the results, you know, they would have liked to change. But the, the, the mentality and the mindset of, you know, just – taking it to our greatest opponent, um, you know, to clinch the vision, something that I really respect and admire. Well, it's a one-game lead now over the Bengals, and it opens the door now for the Steelers and the Browns. You know, as we wind down, that extra game really going to come into play here because we have 17 games this year. Uh, so five games left for everybody in the division. I guess there's consequences to all of these decisions. So while we all like to see it, and it, it is gutsy, why not just take take your chances you've got the best kicker in the National Football League. It's not even close. Yeah, I mean, their, their defenses have been decimated. You know, they were already without Calais Campbell. They lost, you know, Marlon Humphreys in that game to, um, you know, possibly a season-ending injury. Um, you, you just you just don't know what the outcomes were. And, you know, they're, they're a smash-mouth football team that has really, really done a great job, you know, in those short-yard situations throughout the course of the season. Um, so that definitely had to play into why he thought that, uh, you know, they can execute on that two-point conversion. Like I said before, I, I really liked it you know, the thought process of just ending the game there. I mean, it's been most coaches would have played for overtime, but who knows what, what happens in that situation. You have the ability to control it at that point, and he, he took advantage of it. How will the players feel? We'll all hear the public reaction. Privately, how will they feel? No, I think everybody, when you when you, when you talk to man to man, when their coach puts you in a position to go and win the football game, you love that. That's, that's, what, you, that's what you ask for. That's what you want. And, you know, if, they, if you were to ask those guys privately, I, I know all of them would, would admit to the fact that they were happy that coach put the onus on them. Um, this is our team. This is uh, the, the results of this play, you know, have huge implications on how we're going to do for the rest of the year. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate them putting that responsibility on us. That's what I, I would imagine that's what the players would say. Well, it was a calculated gamble. Who better than to have GoldenNuggetCasino.com as a sponsor? Because you want to play your favorite slots and table games like blackjack, roulette, and so much more, Larry? Just go ahead and download that app to your phone or play online at goldennuggetcasino.com. You must be 21 years of age or over. Available only in Michigan and New Jersey. If you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117 or 1-800-GAMBLER. It's coming soon to your state. That's goldennuggetcasino.com. Larry, do you have any friends? I consider you and Snake um, close personal friends. So, I mean, if you if you account you two, yes, absolutely. Two friends. Played two. football for 30 years of your life. You got two friends. So that's a lot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a few friends. I do. Do you ever have close conversations with your friends? And do you expect that when you have those conversations that they remain amongst you? Or do you feel that once you say anything, the uh, cat is out of the bag and the barn door is open and every other cliche? I like to believe that if I tell somebody in confidence and especially I stipulate the fact that I would like it to be, you know, not spoken on, that it, that those people that I'm talking to would uh, respect my wishes. And, and in some cases, as, as we see with Ben Roethlisberger, that uh, that's not respected. And did that happen to you? Do you have friends no. who just with good intentions may have repeated something to somebody and it becomes public? 
No, no, never. Uh, you know, because you know, the people I it's because you don't to, have any friends. <laughs> no, no, it's just I, I think you have to be uh, cautious of who you reveal, you know, that type of information to. Obviously, you know, with the way media is covered now and who's able to break stories and how easy it is to just write a message on any of these social media platforms, it becomes instantaneous news and gives somebody, um, you know, some credibility to be an insider. And, uh, you know, so I just think you just have to be cautious with it. And I've talked to many friends about personal issues that have never uh, come to light. And, you know, I think that's something that you have to talk about um, before you actually tell anybody anything of substance. Ben Roethlisberger was asked about these reports after the game, and he just said he's going to take it one year at a time. So he didn't outright put out and say, no, that's not accurate. I want to be a Steeler for life. And he didn't say, no, he wouldn't be back. So it just kind of lingers out there, which means it's true, probably in most instances that he has said this to somebody. And feelings change, times change. So that's how he felt at that moment, or that's how he's feeling now. Uh, said it to somebody, and they unfortunately broke that confidence and repeated it. Now he has to go through not only trying to make the playoffs, but keeping his teammates together with you know people thinking perhaps one foot is out the door as well as his coaching staff and, and, and the fan base. It's a difficult circumstance now, isn't it, Larry? It is, but I mean, Jim, that's us assuming that whoever this mysterious source is actually had a conversation with Ben. We, you never know. Things are published often. Um, without true credible sources. If the source wanted, you know, everybody to know it was a factual source, so why don't you reveal them? Um, you know, so I have, a, I have a problem with these anonymous sources who, you know, don't like to reveal um, who they are because it, it just, you know, to me proves that there's not a lot of credibility in the statement. By the same token, if Ben was staying, why not just stay? No, there's nothing to that. You know, I mean, there's, there's some truth to that. But, like, uh, again, Ben is trying to keep the focus on the team um, and the process of trying to get this team into the playoffs. And, you know, talking about yourself and your retirement and all those other things are definitely a distraction. You know, once you talk about it, then they're going to ask your, your, your teammates, they're going to ask your coaches. It's going to be on talk radio. It's going to be all talking about things that you definitely don't want to be discussed during this point of the season when you're trying to make a push for the playoffs. How often do guys know when to leave? Seemingly you did. Um, it's pretty rare because football usually leaves the guys. They don't leave football. In other words, most guys are shown the door or cut or traded or not extended another contract. Probably well before they thought their time was up. So how does anybody know when to leave when there's so much money involved, the adulation, the camaraderie of being a part of something that wants to continue for most of these guys? Um, does anybody really know? Does, 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 does that internal equilibrium kick in or you just keep trying to go as long as you can? Well, I don't know. There's a lot of different factors. You know, you consider, you know, are you, are you comfortable with your financial situation? Are you, are you happy with the accolades and things that you've achieved on a personal and team level? Um, you know, do you still think there's a lot of football left in you? You know, have you sustained injuries? There's so many different factors and why the guys make the decisions that they make um, to continue or to try to play as long as you can and then taking that out of your own hands and let the teams decide. Um, and so I, I think there's some that understand, you know, maybe they, they've lost a step or, you know, there's no need for them to continue to play. And then others that, you know, will play until the wheels literally fall off. And, um, you know, I've talked to guys who've gone out gracefully in terms of Barry Sanders and uh, Calvin Johnson. Then you 
talked to guys also who, you know, had to be walked off the field, um, you know. And so I think there's sometimes, you know, when you have a lot of things going on outside of the field that, you know, can interest you. And I mean, guys have the ability to walk away, you know, on their own terms. I'm Jim Gray, along with Larry Fitzgerald. Our program is Let's Go. We're brought to you by USAA Insurance. USAA is dedicated to helping the military community protect what they've worked hard for with insurance that meets their high standards. Get the coverage you deserve. USAA Insurance. USAA! Or the circumstance just isn't right. I mean, look at Gronk. Gronk obviously had a lot left in the tank. Look at how this guy's playing. I mean, just phenomenal. Uh, and for whatever the reason, time was up in New England. He'd had enough. Whatever it was, well, with all the success, I, you know, and maybe his body at that time was really yeah. hurt and he was uh, suffering injuries uh, every yeah. season. Uh, but now he's come back, you know, totally rejuvenated these last two years, did have some injuries this year. So could be the circumstance for Big Ben, too. He, he may well, just have had enough of being in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, with, with Gronk, I mean, he was he was really, really banged up, uh, you know, the last two two years he played in New England. And, you know, being able to have a year off to be able to reset your mind, get down to Florida where you're playing in great conditions, practicing on natural grass every day, playing with the greatest uh, player to ever lace him up again uh, in an offense that really, you know, um, you know, puts you in position to go out there and be successful. Uh, you know, he, he just got a new Don't lease on Don't sugarcoat this. Don't sugarcoat this. Well, Jim, he was it banged was up. It was the body, and, and it was also in- the circumstance. He did not want to be where he was. Had Tom had Tom still been in New England? No, I don't think I don't think Gronk would have gone anywhere. So, I mean, I think he wouldn't the circumstances, have come back. Even with Tom, he wouldn't have come back. Even with Tom, he would there. not have come back. I don't believe he would have come back. I guess the only one that really knows that is Gronk. But I don't mm-hmm. believe that he was coming back under those circumstances, regardless of how he felt physically. You may be right, but I, I'm, I, I think I don't think we'll ever know the true answers to that. But um, well, we'll get Gronk have... on here. <laughs> <laughs> Let him stir it up for himself instead of me, because I, I'm not close to Gronk. Uh, that's just my assessment, and it's an assessment from afar. But uh, sometimes time's up. It's, it's okay. That's there's, there's nothing wrong with that. He's not, he's not hating on his experience. He loved his experience there. Made him famous. He excelled to the highest level of achievement, and he became a household name. So I'm sure he has tremendous respect, uh, reverence, and admiration for his time there. But he didn't want to go through that anymore. And I get the feeling. I just get the feeling. Again, this isn't based on talking to Ben. I don't know. That it could be the same thing. That, That it's hard to be the quarterback at the Pittsburgh Steelers with all of the expectations and everything that goes on. And... Perhaps he's just worn out of that experience, not of playing football. Yeah, I, I agree. 18, 18 years in the same place and dealing with everything that comes with that, you know, in one of the most storied franchises in all the National Football League, it's, it's not an easy burden to, to carry uh, with you for that amount of time. Let's go. Stay with us, folks. We're brought to you by Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse, serving the highest quality steaks and seafood with exceptional hospitality. Delfriscos.com for reservations. Delfriscos.com for any one of our 16 locations nationwide. We'll continue to chop it up with Larry Fitzgerald as we continue here on Let's Go. Stay with us on Sirius XM. 
Hey, it's Brian Dunseth, former Olympian and current Sirius XM FC host. Do you need more than your average recap of the weekend in soccer? Sorry, America, but it is the biggest sport in the world. Well, look no further than Weekend the Tackle. This podcast is all about stories we want you to know, from the most important on-the-field moments to the lighter side of the beautiful game. You were jumping up and down like a lunatic. That's seven beers before the game for you. It's all on Weekend the Tackle, available every Monday, wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray as we continue with the great Larry Fitzgerald. Let's Go is brought to you by Ring. Did you know Ring makes an award-winning alarm system you can install yourself? It's really easy. Go to ring.com forward slash let's go for a special offer on a Ring alarm security system today. That's ring.com forward slash let's go. Hey, Larry, it looks like... uh, Let's go to the bank. That's the new uh, deal for uh, college football coaches. Uh, They up and leave uh, the places where they're at. Uh, We saw what's happened with Lincoln Riley, uh, Brian Kelly. Um, There's just a tremendous amount of money now in college football. What are your your thoughts on what has occurred? Let's start with those two, uh, leaving the programs they had long been established with and uh, seemingly loyal to, but when it came down to it, really didn't really didn't have any loyalty at all, loyalty to their pocketbook. Well, I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, you're talking about two traditional powerhouses in college football. I mean, to think somebody would leave Notre Dame from any, for any other program is mind-boggling. Um, but when you're throwing around $100 million guaranteed um, and Lincoln Riley's access to private jets and, you know, down payments on homes and, you know, things of that nature, it makes it really compelling. Um, you know, it's, it's very difficult, you know, when you think about it, these coaches are sitting down in these 18-, 19-year-old kids' homes talking about, uh, the importance of integrity and um, the focus on academics and creating a well-rounded young men, um, you know, who stick to their words and commit to being great team players and are being coached by guys who, you know, see a great opportunity and, and take it and run. But, um, you know, I would imagine most people would be were offered a hundred million dollars guaranteed would take the opportunity. Um, so you really can't, you can't, you know, fault the coaches for going out there and finding opportunities to better feed their families. I agree with that, but there's a phoniness and a part of me that's really annoyed with Brian Kelly. Uh, He goes down there and he talks to Louisiana State and that full arena with a southern accent. Um, You know, the day before he's talking to recruits while it's happening to come to Notre Dame. Um, What a prestigious university that is based on faith and where is the faith that anybody can have that a guy can turn around and do that after having spent that much time around that institution Um, and what does that mean for the kids what are we teaching them and what has he taught them there's something really off about this and what does it say about louisiana state that they go in and the University of Southern California, that they go in and do this to seemingly folks who have good situations where they're at and raid that for dollars. We all want to make money. It's just a part of being alive. It's a capitalistic well, Jim, system. It's a part of the reward of the system. 
But there's something you, wrong with with these guys going in and 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 I don't want to say raiding them, but taking them out of there for a better financial opportunity. The whole thing's broken, and the kids yeah. get left holding the bag, and the parents who have entrusted their kids to these coaches. It's just wrong on so many levels. College football is a broken system, and it's been broken for a long time. And the NCAA sits there with this reform committee for 60 years, and they don't reform anything. And the coaches profiteer, and the sneaker companies profiteer, and the television networks profiteer, and the institutions profiteer, and everybody's making all this money, and these kids can't buy pizzas, like Nate Pierce said several years ago uh, when he won at the University of Connecticut National Championship. I can't afford a pizza, and it's wrong. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of that I agree to, but it's no different from corporate America. You see CEOs bounce from company to company, um, you know, you know, growing growing their you know, visibility and their, their market shares. I mean, you see it a lot in corporate America, but in terms of Brian Kelly, since you brought his name up, um, I thought it was interesting because you know, I think he realized that he had taken Notre Dame to as far as they could go. He had, he had been in the college championship series a couple of times and wasn't able to get past, uh, you know, the true powerhouses, the Ohio States and the Alabamas and the Titans of, of our college game. And he wanted to really test his medal in the toughest, most competitive division um, and conference in all of college sports. And that's the SEC. Um, and he got a King's ransom to go do it. LSU has long been known as one of the most uh you know, talent-rich areas. I mean, they're able to recruit some of the most gifted players that our game has seen. Well, how about really telling the to... folks? How about telling Notre Dame? How about telling those kids whose living room you're in that afternoon? No, that's duplicitous. No, that's not right. You can say all of that, and you're right on the premise. But how about honesty? How about decorum? How about decency? Doesn't that come Jim... into play anywhere? Jim, how, do you, how well do you think that would work? He's sitting in in, uh, in Malibu and he's recruiting a left tackle um, from the area and he's sitting on their couch just saying, hey, look, Notre Dame is a great institution. You're going to come here. You're going to not only play football at the highest level, but you're going to leave here with a, a top five degree out of any university in the country. Um, and you're going to be able to have a wonderful experience with your classmates and make associations that are going to last a lifetime. But if I as a head coach, get a better opportunity. I will leave. I just want you to know that. Like, how do you think that's going to go over um, sitting in front of an 18-year-old? I mean, it, it, in, in theory, it's, it's, it sounds like a novel concept, but it's not It's not reality, Jim. It's just not. Okay, so it's not reality. So that's why the system's broken. And, and so and, and in your broken. opinion, in your opinion, what, what, would, what would be better in terms of making the system, you know, I guess – why are the coaches more important than the game? Every time I turn on one of these one of these games, they're talking about the coach for the entire time. The institution's propping up the coach the entire time. It's not the University of Alabama. It's Nick Saban. Well, since when did he become the University of Alabama? Obviously, Brian Kelly is not Notre Dame. Obviously, Lincoln Riley is not Oklahoma. Okay, so why do we have to have this beaten into our heads all the time? Uh, perhaps the media is part of the problem, and perhaps that shouldn't be the case. But what happened to everybody? Can you name four players, five players on Alabama? No, but certainly every college football fan can tell you about Nick Saban, and they can probably name a couple of people on who, who've been on his staff. It's not about the coaches, and they've made it about the coaches, and that's why. And I don't begrudge the coaches. I don't have a problem with, with them making money. They should make as much money as they can. That's not the issue. 
The issue is honesty, integrity, decency, and quit making the kids who are the product the people who always are collateral damage. It's wrong. I would disagree with you, Jim. I think it's the, the emphasis on the coaches is warranted. I mean, these these coaches have done a great job of not only um, going out and recruiting these young players, but also putting them in um, in the spotlight and putting them at universities where they can go out there and showcase and, and eventually live their dreams of playing in the National Football League. Um, you know, I love you. You're one of my two friends in the world, Jim. But if they put you on the sideline at Alabama, even with all those five-star recruits and absolutely phenomenal facilities, I don't think you would win any national championships. And that's not an indictment on you, Jim. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, you, you have to put – um, you have to put the right people in position to go out there and have uh, the success that you want as a university and, um, you know, football programs, bankroll universities. Um, you know, you look at all those new buildings when you go down to Tuscaloosa, the, the science department and the research department, all of that stuff is being funded by the notoriety and success of that football team. And so paying Coach Saban $15 million a year, I mean, that's that's par for the course. Um, and, you know, for somebody who's done what he's done, I, I think he deserves it. And not only that, but he props up the whole game. Um, you know, he helps the coaches, uh, the coach at Temple being hired or the coach at ECU, all those, all those coaches are getting inflated salaries because of success and, and the popularity that Nick Saban has created. But you, you, you make good points, but here's, here's the problem with that. When you lost coaches in the national football league, it was a business, Right. Did you lose a coach in college? No, I imagine you would have been devastated had your coach left, okay? Had he been either fired or left because of his own volition, uh, the guy who brought you there, it's a different circumstance in college. I agree, but Jim, he felt the same way when I left as a sophomore with two years of eligibility left. Think about what I could have done and helped the university and helped with his trajectory had I stayed another two years. So, um, you know, the players can take advantage of it when it's when it's uh, conducive to them. Um, and I believe the college coaches should be able to do it um, if, the, if an opportunity presents itself as well. Because trust me, if, if Brian Kelly doesn't have success in two or three years, he's going to be looking for work again as well. It's a complicated circumstance. And there's a lot of factors that go into this. I haven't heard you say one thing about any of these kids. And you were one of those kids. Why? Why are they always left in the lurch? Uh, I don't I don't agree with that now with the transfer portal. Any of those young people in Notre Dame, if they feel like, you know, this is not the best situation for them now, they can they can Not everybody's well. good enough to transfer. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But I, I think when you are going through the college process, you have to understand that's just part that's part of the game It's part of the it's part of the narrative. Your coach potentially could leave. Um, it, it's just as bad if your coach is fired, Jim. It, it puts your career in peril as well if your coach is not good enough when you go play for him. So, I mean, it, it, you can look at it in both ways. So I guess the I guess the real lesson that the kids can learn real quickly. Life, is- life is not fair, Jim. Life is not fair. It's not about fairness, but there is no such thing as loyalty. No, that's Don't not trust true. any of these people because whatever they're telling you today won't be what it is tomorrow. It's like Bob Arum said so famously many, many years ago uh, in the boxing game. Yesterday I was lying. Today I'm telling the truth. I, I, I'm going to agree to disagree with you on this topic, Jim. You usually do. That's why you've never won an argument. You claimed you did last week, but you never have. One thing we can agree on is that 
any athlete will tell you that it helps to work with an expert. Do you agree about that, Larry? I do agree. And I hope at one point I'll be able to work with an expert on here outside of snakes. But if you're buying or refinancing a home, your expert is an independent mortgage broker. You can find one at findamortgagebroker.com. It's powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS, number 3038, licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. That's findamortgagebroker.com, powered by United Wholesale Mortgage. Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald, one thing we can't agree on is I'm kicking your rear end this year and making the picks. Uh <laughs> You had a decent week. We both picked the same game, so we had an above 500 week, two and one. Uh, I'm now pulled myself all the way up to even 500 on the season. Uh, you're four games under 500, uh, Mr. Fitz. How do you explain and account for that? It's atrocious, and I'm embarrassed that we even have to even discuss that, Jim. But uh, you know, with five weeks left in the National Football League, I, I hope to be able to rectify that. Can the Harvard Business School give you a course on how to pick games? Do they have that course? <laughs> if only I could get the picks uh, a little bit in advance, I probably could walk over to the analytics department and have one of these brilliant young uh, business school students, you know, run the numbers and help me make some more uh, efficient picks and help me get back in this competition. But we just talked about an expert. We have you on this program because you're an NFL expert. You've played football to the highest level, to the highest achievement on the NFL All-100 team, All-Pro too many times to count. Um, you'll be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, you're the second leading wide receiver in the history of the game, and you can't pick a game if your life depended on it. Thank God it doesn't. Jim, yeah, if, we, if we were able to pick all the games over the course of the season, I would fare much better. But Snake has done a great job of picking the most difficult games to pick. And I think that's part of your point. Um, but like I said, it's not over yet, Jim. We have a lot of games left to go, a lot of games to pick. And I like my chances. All right, Snake, what do you got here? I see on the list it says Baltimore. Uh, he doesn't know how to spell Baltimore. He's got a Baltimore. Uh, at Cleveland. So <laughs> that's what we have to rely on. Go ahead, Snake. Want uh, to explain that? Yeah, well, they played like the Three Stooges yesterday with that call at the end of the game. So Larry <laughs> Curley and Moe. So that's the way I look at that one. we got four games this week. Baltimore at Cleveland Ravens are favored by one and a half. I'm going to go with the Ravens. I, I think they're going to bounce back from that, that tough uh, loss. Um, and hopefully they'll be able to get a few of those players that have been banged up back on the field and, um, you know, be able to regain their form and, uh, you know, put a little bit more separation in that division race. You know, it's really hard to go against Lamar Jackson. It just seems to me that they're going to be in every game, regardless of who's out on the field with him. Uh, he's so good, so much fun to watch. And so uh, I, I'm going to go with Larry on that. I think they'll bounce back, and I, I like Jackson in that game. All right, our second game, and Jim, you're going to pick first, so give Larry a chance to actually you know, make up ground on you. So uh, the next game is Dallas at Washington. Cowboys are favored by four and a half. That's a really interesting game. Uh, Washington has come back from the dead, and uh, they're now making, making this perhaps into a race if they can win this game. Uh, I don't think they have enough firepower, so I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Uh, but I think this is a really close game. And if I was betting, man, uh, I would take Washington in the points. But I think uh, Dallas is going to win the game. So I'll go with the Cowboys. 
I mean, Jim, you alluded to it. Coach Rivera has done a phenomenal job. This team is really playing inspired football up late. But I just don't think they have, you know, enough players defensively to be able to slow down, you know, the Cowboys. They, they've been looking really, really good in the past in the tech. They got three of their top receivers all playing, you know, at a, at a really great clip. And, um, you know, they've been running the football effectively. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys as well. All right, next game we have Buffalo at Tampa. Bucks favored by three. Don't even ask me this question. What's the name of this show? Let's, let's go. go with Tom Brady. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm always going. So let's go. Go ahead, Fitz. <laughs> make that mistake again. I'll widen the gap. Uh, well, you know what? You know where my heart is. I, I want to I see Tampa win, but uh, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills just because I need, to, I need to make up some ground on you, Joe. You're falling further and further behind. We brought you back after you made that catastrophic mistake <laughs> a couple of weeks ago because we went through it. Tom's a compassionate guy. He understands that, you know, Larry doesn't always, you know, make the great decisions. Tom done also it again. Knows, I don't know if I'm going to be able to bring you back after this one. Tom also knows that when a man is down, desperate things sometimes tend to occur. And uh, this is a desperation pick at this point. <laughs> All right, the last game we have Rams at Cardinals. Arizona's favored by two and a half. Well, knowing Jim lives in LA. Go ahead, Larry. That's your team. You got to go first here. I I, I know Jim living in LA, uh, being a big LA guy, he's going to go with the Rams. And I'm going to go with the Cardinals. They won a game yesterday where they only completed 11 passes. Um, You know, they've shown that they can win in many different ways throughout this year. And, you know, having DeAndre and Kyler back healthy again. against a team that they beat pretty handily earlier in the season in L.A. Um, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Rams got a break with the schedule uh, beating up on the Jaguars. This isn't a break. I'm with the Cardinals. Uh, The Cardinals have convinced me, uh, particularly when Murray was out for three weeks and McCoy went in there. uh, They're a tough team. And uh, I just like like the Cardinals. And... um, Larry, are are they warming up number eleven? Is anybody uh, anybody come to you and said now's the time to uh, uh, check it out and see see if you should be back out on the field? No, not a, not no no no. Um, I'm I'm a fan. I'm watching watching the games intently, uh, pulling from my guy and um, you know that's you know Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime, Michael Bidwell, all 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 of them running the organization. I'm always pulling for them. December football, are you still fielding calls? Are people still checking you out? <laughs> no calls. No calls right now, Jim. And I'm not answering any either. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you have no friends. Oh, man. Hopefully after this episode, I might find one or two. <laughs> Larry, as always, we appreciate your time. Best of luck at the Harvard Business School. We are truly proud of you. Happy for you. Thank you for being here on Let's Go during this busy time, and we will talk to you next Monday night. Thank you, Jim. I look forward to it. Have a wonderful week, buddy. Great job on the fight this weekend as well. Larry, one more thing before we let you go. I have tremendous respect and admiration for Coach Nick Saban. He's the John Wooden of college football. And so anything that I was saying in that segment uh, in regards to the coaches having too much attention, he has earned that attention because of the phenomenal job that he has done. And he is at the top of the heap as far as I'm concerned in the history of the game. 
I, I agree. But I mean, if you if you go back through history, Jim, I mean, he he took the check as well when he went to Miami, when he left LSU um, and, and then came back to Alabama, you know, after a few years there. So, I mean, you know, he is the gold standard, but, you know, he did test the waters as well. Larry, well said. You've taken my side of the argument now, and I appreciate that as we say goodbye to you for the week. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good day. I'll talk to you soon. Our thanks to our producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, production assistance by Harris Fabishoff, and to our great sponsors, Del Frisco's, USAA, Ring, United Wholesale Mortgage, and GoldenNuggetCasino.com. I'm Jim Gray. Let's Go Podcast with Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions. And we will talk to you again next week right here on Sirius XM. Serious XM Podcasts.